0: What up, what up, what up and welcome to another episode of the Fortnite podcast. It's your host here, Monster Deface bringing you guys another one. We're breaking into those deep 150 plus episode margins. I think we're right about the upper cuff of that inching our way to 160. Um and again, big thank you to all our weekly listeners, downloaders and of course those of you that leave reviews, leave comments and all that kind of good stuff. We're still um continuing to push out content for you guys week to week and we love and appreciate you all for it. Talking about Some fun content we're going to be making today, of course. We're going to bring back on the boys here. We got Life with Panda with us today. Panda, what's going on, my boy?
1: Hey, man, living a dream. Living a dream. We got a busy week ahead of us.
0: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We really do have a busy week in front of us. We have this FNCS here on the horizon and so much other cool stuff already developing in the space. And we're going to jump very much deep into those conversations. And of course, we have SMG returning here as well. My boy, somebody's gun. What's happening, brother?
2: What's going on, gentlemen? We got a jam-packed news day, and that's a good day for a podcast.
0: It's a great day for a podcast. Great day to talk about and kick things off with the FNCS that just concluded the qualifier number two. More qualifiers in front of us, guys, if you're watching along and kind of tuning into comp scene, you're still not too late. We haven't even gotten to the semifinal stage, but we have seen our 10 teams now that have been solidified to the finals, which is pretty cool, uh, breaking their way out, of course, the semis. Uh, or the qualifier one and two stages. Um, let's kind of kick that off. Let's start off with the FNCS qualifier SMG. I mean, I'll give you the floor uh, first here. We had a fun competition happening on the uh, between the casters on the NA desk and NA West EU. All the scenes, right? All the all the regions right now. The casters and crew have basically this fun internal. Um, pick going here where week to week you get to pick a team and depending on how good you do well, epic says they're gonna give us some special prizes at the end um i'm not doing too hot personally uh, i think smg <laughs> is dusting me right now for the na east region but go ahead smg what's up yeah so um me and adam are tight i
2: think adam actually has the lead for na east and is crazy region yeah dude he picked dukes and jamper and like they just ran away with it in qual two um yeah, I, l- let's start there before we go too much on a tangent here and talk about, like, the actual gameplay. What we saw in Qual 1 was pretty, you know, even. There, there was Peterbot, and NA East that took over and just absolutely dominated Qual 1. And then, you know, there's a lot of teams in that, like, two to f- seven range that were pretty close and ultimately, you know, it was only top five moving on. Uh, DJ Yamzo, I think, really impressed me in qual one. Um, And then the team that just dominated qual two and was probably the most impressive, in my opinion, out of any of the qualifiers that I've seen was Dukes and Jamper. Those two were on high ground basically every game. They were seeming to take it at will, playing however they wanted. I believe they had the most elims of anybody in the region during that qualifier as well. And it just looked like everything was working for them. They were playing superbly. Um, But again, we we did lose a couple of the height teams, like Aders, Kanata, DJ Niamso. They all qualled in qual one. Peterbot and Byla also played height. So, It's a little bit different, you know, when you have those teams removed. Nonetheless, still impressive. And I I really, really am looking forward to seeing how they play in the future.
0: Yeah, and and to say the least, to kind of jump onto that, I mean, height wasn't completely free, right? You do, or you did still have a commandment and stretch in that game, which are probably the most versatile duo commandment being one of those players that can play any layer, most notably, of course, low ground, but stretch who is like a height psycho player. Like that is his history, literally height, or I'm going back to lobby type of gamer. So you have this very uh stark contrast between the two types of players, but collectively, I mean, they popped off this weekend. They played very well, very consistent. And I think after about game three or four, it's pretty clear that they weren't going to lose at least some type of qualification spot. They managed to get that far ahead. Uh, so NA East was definitely interesting. Just to kind of round things out though, Cold and Scented being probably one of the other you know star names that kind of broke through that qualifier just this weekend of qualifier two which is really cool to watch them continue to perform after changing their drop spot not being happy with sleepy sound and you saw on social media they took to talk about the drop spot they were just like yeah it's trash like we're we just don't like it it doesn't work well for us and um they they managed to find success from leaving there uh panda you've been all over na west give us a little feel for na west i know um snacky is up there popping off still and fabs right like what was happening with the NA West region?
1: Well, it's crazy, right? So both days, Snacky Favs did well in game one. Day I, I, one, or qualifier one, they won the first game. And then qualifier two, they got a 71-point game, which was like the highest point game anybody, I think, across the regions got. They had like 16 E-limbs. It was just wild. Uh, however, they still didn't qualify, which is just Ooh. insane to think about. But qual one, we had Rex and Reet, who just dominated start to finish, they took the top spot. Um, and then we had players like Batman Booga Wheels. Uh, again, rising stars of NA West. They qualified in Qual 2. Um, So some incredibly notable names, but also some newer names breaking through that threshold. But some names that didn't make it through. Snacky Favs, like I mentioned before. And Arkham Epic Whale.
0: Which they, is uh, the biggest surprise, right? Obviously, mm-hmm. we... We have pretty much given them their flowers and their crowns all at the same time while they were at the top reigning with their back-to-back performances throughout the uh, previous seasons. But in the last couple of seasons, they actually have been on that downtrend. Um, and I think it's just or goes to show that when you are not putting your best foot forwards and you're not really playing the season and competing probably competitively weekly, as you probably should, I mean, you're going to see those results begin to drop and or, or fade away in this instance or in the current day and age. I mean. It's pretty clear that Reed's still on top of his game, although he is very much versatile as well, right? You go to his stream sometime and he's playing Madden or he's playing Call <laughs> of Duty. Like, he's doing all types of stuff, but he's managed to have that freakish um, skill still about him, right? Being able to perform. Or maybe he's being carried. Who knows? Maybe he's just being carried. Who's his partner, you said? Was it uh, Snacky? It's Rex. Or Rex. No, it's 100 Thieves Rex. Okay, so, yeah. Rex is I mean, literally, so, like...
1: Yeah, Rex is the the third part of that Arkham Epic Whale well story arc that we saw last year so i will say rex doesn't play or didn't play as much in recent seasons this season is kind of like the first season for both him and reed to really come back because they didn't make it to quals or even two semifinals last season so this is a big comeback season for them i, I think with one more qualifier left there's definitely some potential to see like a snacky fabs arkham epic will make it through but they really need to start putting in some work because the, these huge names who have won all of the FNCSs across um, NA West, right? They're just not doing it now.
0: Yeah, they uh, continue to disappoint their fans, at least in the recent seasons, but we'll see what happens by the time we get to the end of their uh, qualifier three and, of course, leading into that semis. Let's talk about EU really quickly. Notable pop-offs coming out of EU. I'll start with a uh, qualifier one. Probably what exactly you expect to go down, essentially. Malabuka continuing his consistency, his pop-off, his... Just dominance of the region. He is clearly a cut above the rest, and he's managing to prove that. But so is Tayson and Chapik. So you have Merstash and Malabuka uh pretty much breaking away with a with a nicely three victory royales in qualifier one. Um it was hot or it was cold for them, but when they were hot, they were very hot. So those three wins managed to get them tons of points, and they pretty much break away, besides their two or their other three games where they basically died off spawn. It's really what it was. It was either they were winning or they were dying very early. So interesting to see how that went down. And then you have a different story, completely different, probably the most impressive of Taysen and Chapix, mega consistent, um, except for one game where they also dropped a little early, but it's what you expect of a Taysen and Chapix victory after victories. And of course, high placing spots, very consistent. He continues to be in that conversation of some of the best that NA or EU has to offer and we saw some media day content pieces where you get to like pick a player and a lot of players leaning towards Tayson. And we'll talk a little bit more about those media day uh, picks. Let's talk about qualifier two for EU. Video, Noah Riley coming third, and Alex X take first. And just behind them was Seti and Kami by three-point margin, who actually got a victory royale. And they come second in the tournament there for qualifier two. Uh, The team to end up edging it out at the very end, Kiko and Andretta comes down to their last game performance where they were actually outperformed by Flois and Mappy who took a second place 12 elims. So, so close to actually sniping up fifth place spot. But Kiko and Andretta managed to stay just consistent enough. Fall inside that top 10 and their two elims was the reason they actually edged out that fifth spot. So continuing to see players like Andretta stay consistent and make it to these final stages. I mean, it's been a little while, I think, since we've seen Andretta really take off in a final setting, but he's been there. He's been in that conversation. I think his best recent performances might've been with eyedrop, Andretta, Mr. Savage, when they kind of had that trail going. It It was an exciting one, but again, we need to see a little more from Andretta. It's like he's right there, but hasn't quite been all the way up at the top.
2: Yeah, and the other piece that I want to mention is normally we see, like, the snaking and the big mix-up of teams happen in NA East. But this time it happened in EU. Taysen and Thomas split up literally because of the solo cash cup the Sunday before FNCS started. So Taysen and Thomas HD were playing together. But, you know, you're, you're Tayson, You're the best player maybe in the world ever, and you ask, people answer. He teams up with Chapix, one of the other best players. They qualify right in qualifier one. Chapix was playing with Z Andy though, who teamed up with Joe, who was playing with Vino, and those guys, Joe and Z Andy, managed to qualify in qualifier one. So, you know, kind of a feel-good story. Sometimes you see some of those players get knocked down, get, um, you know, saddened by whatever happens yeah Andy though is very positive he's like I'm not gonna let this get to me I did this last time I qualified I made finals it's awesome to see him do that so I, I just wanted to throw a huge shout out to him keeping that mentality up and just powering through getting dropped essentially a few days before FNCS
0: yeah and that's a that's a kind of a cool story right for him to get drop a pair up with another player who needed a teammate and then they qualify, they take that fifth Play spot, um, barely edging out there. Nine points ahead of the competition. Actually, 11 points, so not too bad. A couple of elims uh, of, of away from the pack, if you will. Uh, looking at the second page, though, for Europe, or the first page for Europe, qualifier number two, the biggest upset, I think, to come out of this is actually Hen and Queasy not making it. And they were one of the few teams that had a victory royale. And again, Hen and Queasy, I mean, these guys are, I don't know, how else to put this, but I'm just going to call them Victor Royale Specialists, alright, they know how to win games, it's, it's the only way I know how to really phrase this, so should there come a time where they make it to the semis, the way semis are going to work, if you win a game, I believe throughout those stages, you automatically punch your way through, chances of heading Queasy and finals, extremely high, so wherever they're dropping, whatever's going on there, keep that in the back of your mind, they're probably going to show up, even though they may not be there today, right now on paper, Um, but the FNCS qualifiers one and two were definitely exciting weekends. I mean, we all had our fair share of the main desk and the action. Um, the content covered was was nothing short of exceptional. It was very fun. I think all the tournaments came down to be pretty close, at least some spots up in the up in the running. I think qualifier two for me is gonna take the bread for uh for NA East at least. That one was just very fun. The first one, a little bit of a runaway train, the way we had things kind of play out, and then leading into that last game. Um, you know, it, it was it was pretty clear that we we had our winners pretty early for qual two though. It was a little bit closer. We really did have it come down to slots four and five as our fourth place team ended up getting eliminated a little early, which opened up that seating uh, for the rest of the lobby. An unfortunate circumstance for Bucky and Cam, whose Cam's PC ended up resetting. They were in sixth place, guys, coming into the last game. Truly had a chance to qual. Probably would have, to be honest. They were playing pretty well in the day. And, uh, yeah, just couldn't make the queue there. Uh, but those kind of things happen, Panda.
1: No, they definitely do. And, and it's always unfortunate to see stuff like that. Like, Qualifier 1, Batman Booga Wheels from NA West, they had a similar situation where Batman Buga gets kicked off, right? And then, obviously, they come back Qualifier 2, and they qualify, I think, second place or third. So, I mean, look, they're a team there are teams that they deserve to qualify. They... Potentially miss the mark, unfortunately, due to technical issues, but fortunately, we still have one more qualifier left, and then for those consistent teams, we still have uh, the semifinals left after that. but there's one team I gotta mention on EU that I was a little uh, I-, I feel for, right? It was Benji and Mr. Savage with the the tiebreaker loss to qualify into round four on qual two uh literally they were tied with 50th place but because they didn't have a, the same amount of vrs as the other person the other person qualified on so tough tough to see some big names still struggling here in the regions but it's going to be a very very good fncs i have a feeling these next couple weeks are going to be very special for a lot of players
0: yeah definitely and talking about special i mean media day content was definitely just that uh, all the pieces that were rolled out i mean I have a feeling that was just a fragment of some of the stuff Uh, each qualifier. We've already seen new things each day leading in. We've seen new content pieces. Um, I don't think any of them have been played back twice, which is really exciting. So it shows that we got a lot of stuff that was put out there. My favorite one though, I think has to go to SMG and the round table discussion with like Zeke and Sundown, like that whole vibe. I need more of that. Uh, somebody's yeah. going to be talk to me about like, yeah, first of all, just t- talk to me about your content piece. What was that all about for those people at home that maybe didn't get to watch that one?
2: Yeah. So that was the piece that kicked off the broadcast and it's myself, Sundown and Zeke. And essentially we're just hanging out chatting about Fortnite and they just filmed it, broke it down to the whole goal was for us to c- kind of explain what we thought about this season, what we think about the meta, who, who we expect to do well, things like that. And, you know, it seems like based on what I've seen, there's plenty more of that conversation um, if they choose to break that up. But, yeah, it was really cool just to hang out with people like you guys and talk about Fortnite at a high level.
0: And Panda, what was like your favorite piece f- first that you filmed that you was a part of? Because you definitely, uh, yeah, you had your fair shake in the, in the media day. You know, you guys were out there filming.
1: Yeah, I, I love the roundtable piece because uh, we had a, a every region had a roundtable piece. And so I got to be a part of NA West um, and, and gun is right. There is like, I mean, realistically, uh, there's like eight to 10 minutes of at least of content for each piece. And we've seen them kind of broken down into like one and a half, two minutes. Realistically, some of them a little bit longer, of course, depending on which one. But uh, yeah, there's lots of footage out there. It'll be interesting to see what actually surfaces. Um, there was some really cool interviews. Like we, we covered the Epic whale interview, which was something that we did on NA West. Um, and, and we also did, uh, where in NA West, which was really a, a pretty cool piece. They had everybody sitting at a computer in like a studio and the players had to race to different spots on the map in, in whiplashes. That's- so that was pretty sick, um, to see. And, you know, Reed, Reed did well, but Quinn, I think took it.
0: Yeah, I was going to say that you you jumped the gun, but that was going to ask that was my next question, probably like what was your favorite like like content piece not necessarily uh, the ones that you guys were part of but with the professional players um SMG I'll start with you cuz we already know Panda kind of played his hand here. It was <laughs> it was the race off to find the locations in the game. That one was actually really really cool. Um Panda uh, or SMG which one you got?
2: So there's a there was a piece where we get to learn more about the players and it's really just like asking a couple questions, and at the end, it's, um, you know, who do you look up to, or so-and-so. You know, someone says Roger Federer, someone said Booga. there was someone like Michael Jordan, and then Yamso goes myself. He's like, (laughs) I'm the best, I look up to myself. And I'm, like, that kid's confidence just is, like, firing out of him in every direction. It is incredible. And then he backed it up. He he qualled in the first week, but, man, seeing that, we were all cracking up when that happened.
1: And to add to Iamzo, right? He it's funny during Media Day weekend, he was the one that was always in the land center playing. Ooh. Like out of everybody, right? Because every people were playing pool, people were, were enjoying the other games and stuff, people were out, out and about around Raleigh. But no, Iamzo was always there. Like
0: playing Fortnite, it's, uh,
1: playing Fortnite, and he was committed. So it just shows, and he, it shows in what he does. I, I had the opportunity to interview him um, a few seasons ago, actually for Grand Royale, and it was the same thing. He was very confident. He says, you know what? These are things that I need to work on. I have. Uh, I feel like I have really good chemistry with the trio that I'm operating with, which was Grand Royale at the time. And uh, I, I don't exactly remember how they did, but I remember his confidence like it was real, right? There's There's two layers to that. Like, I've I've interacted with players that are like, Oh yeah, for sure. I win. Don't worry about it. And then they don't call, right? And then I have players like Reed, for example. I was trying to pick a prediction. I was like, Reed, how, how confident do you guys feel today? He's like, dude, I got you. Don't even worry about it. We call in four. And sure enough, they didn't only take the top spot, but they qualified in like four, four, four and a half games. Dang. Like it 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 there's there's that different level of confidence, like Overconfidence and then true confidence. Iamzo is one of those players that has that true confidence and true skill to back it up.
0: Yeah, we've we've definitely seen it. Um and it's it's really cool to to watch his I guess his personality develop. He's very young, but that little bit of I guess naive uh, naivety or naiveness, right? I don't know how to really use this or, or phrase this up, but think about that or, or I'm framing it that way. He's naive to a lot of things, but at the at that same time, that innocence, I guess, is what allows him to just be so confident and so pure in his decision. That like, no, I don't, I don't really care or, or have a care in the world for any of that other stuff. He's focused on the game, and he plays the game, and he does it well. And it is cool to watch that go down. And I think it's, I think the scene kind of needs it. This is not like a toxic. um, You know, confidence is more like a just a statement a factual type of confidence. And it's really cool because he's not out there picking fights with anyone. He's just shutting down your opinion by saying he's number one and that's how he feels about it. And then it becomes like more of that battle, like, all right, we'll put up the numbers and he does it. So it is really cool to see that unfold. Um, for me, though, when it comes down to the content piece, I actually had a really fun time watching Pump do the the card flashing one where you had to explain what was on the card without using three words oh, on the yeah. card, but also, you know, put it into a sentence. And I forgot who he was filming with, but for whatever reason... Nani. Oh, uh, it was... Okay, it was Nani. So Nani and Pump. But um, it was just very fun to watch that whole content piece go down. And, you know, I got some good laughs out of some of the pieces that were that were brought together. If you all have not watched... FNCS and at the very least I want to encourage you guys forget the forget the gameplay go check out the media pieces those are very very memorable they're very awesome they allow you to know a little bit more about the players and kind of see into their their mindset and some of the stuff that they're interested in which is really fun to watch play out and we're going to continue to see I think more Things happen like this where we get to see more about the players, and I say that because Dreamhack has also just announced that their land is returning, and this is a returning land. We had this, what was it, maybe two and a half years ago, three years ago, where Dreamhack did the land in Dreamhack Sweden, and obviously due to the pandemic, uh, things were shut down for a little bit. We kind of skipped the time a little bit, and we we had to put Dreamhack on a pause for Fortnite, but it does seem like they have officially announced. That they are returning, and this is a big deal. All of the EU players, I'm seeing the whole timeline light up this morning. Um, Malabuka included, like all these guys talk about. Yes, lands are back. Like let's go. Like this is a bring your own computer, one hundred thousand dollar tournament. Um, and you guys know how lands and Dream Hat get down. It's very raw. It's very like. I guess what it feels like to be a gamer and you know what I mean? Just bring your computer, you get your booth, you sit down and you're in the sweaty pit and you kind of game out SMG. What, what kind of excites you about this? What do you think is going to unfold from this?
2: Yeah. So what excites me is this is happening, like just straight up that we're going to be able to see this happen. And then you start looking through, it is part of a bigger dream hack festival so there's more than simply just the fortnite which is pretty cool and i don't know that we've had a big fortnite event at a larger gaming festival um at least anytime recently and yeah the last big dream hack land was rid- literally right before covid happened and that was one of the cooler moments i believe savage won that one taking it away uh and For the first time, we're going to have a no-build LAN event. So in the past, we've never had one of those. It's 100K towards the regular competitive mode, and then it is 100K towards no-build or zero-build, I should say. A tournament, both are solos. They're DreamHack specified. They're different times, so you can play in both of them. It's not going to be overlapping. And it's going to be really interesting to see because right now it's open to anyone. You just got to buy yourself a ticket. Anyone can join up. And uh, get a chance at that hundred k. And
0: more. if you are planning on going, if for whatever reason maybe you're in the area, um, you have to buy your tickets pretty quickly. Like these things sell out, and it's not like oh we've allocated you know certain amount of seats for Fortnite. No, it's like a wide pool. Like once the venue runs out of space, then you can't buy tickets anymore. Dreamhack is very interesting. It's a little different in that in that way. So you saw the a lot of the pro players and people kind of sharing that experience. Like, hey, dude, I tried to play Fortnite or I bought my ticket, but, you know, I ended up over here. Just look at how packed this was. Like, there wasn't a single opening available nearby me. Like, no sockets, no light switches, nothing. Like... It gets like that uh, because, again, it's bring your own computer. So people are plugging in all their own stuff. And once you run out of space, well, you're out of space. That's really how it works. There's no extra accommodations. Um, cool cool people I saw already getting involved. Aussie antics trying to throw his name in the hat to possibly do like a viewing party down there. We'll see if his following is big enough to get him some response or maybe a little DM to uh, put something together for the community. Obviously, one of the things that we've noticed with DreamHack in the past is there hasn't been any official sanctioned coverage of DreamHacks um, this time around. It's a little different than some of the last ones, though, because as we were talking about here, there's much more money on the line. You have 100000 to the Battle Royale, but now another 100000 to the Zero build. So it is going to be interesting to see how um, and what resources potentially get put towards this. Uh, it's pretty clear people want to see this happen. This is like very much a LAN that's going on. Uh, but I, I wanted to kind of bring up or address this other piece of media that I saw. Um, full Gaming Report put a little video content piece from Ninja actually talking about Ninja's perspective on whether or not zero build should even have its own competitive ecosystem. And Ninja's actually against the idea. He thinks it will be ultimately counterproductive to the space because what'll happen is if it went full comp, what you'll see is eventually the zero build game mode will have mega, mega, mega sweaty, amazing gamers. And, you know, that whole trend, the whole cycle, like we've already seen that cycle play out, obviously, within Fortnite. We know what happens when big money is put in and there's real opportunity. People start to sweat. The real competitors come out to play. And that can that, that, that means a pretty valid point. And he also brought up the idea of, can you really afford to split the pay, uh, player bases that much? Like, he doesn't think that Fortnite should do that or would be willing to continue to carve down their player base. Um, I mean, let's start with you, Panda. What do you think about this? This is definitely, I think, a, 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 hit, a hot take, right? Like, it's a little different yeah. than what people probably want right now.
1: Well, you know, there's two perspectives to things like this, right? You have, like, Ninja's perspective, like you mentioned. And then you have somebody like Sparebo, right? A competitive player has been in the scene for a bit. He tweeted out, he said, 100k no-build land is so stupid, it amazes me. Players could have had a 200k prize pool in a mode that is actually skillful and has competitive land experience. So, I'm just gonna be, I'm just gonna say this get a grip, spare bro. Like, look, (laughs) things look, these things are here to entice people to be a part of. $100,000 to the normal standard battle royale mode is still a ton of money for a land experience. Doubling that isn't gonna change. The participation, it's not going to change the people watching the event. Like realistically, adding a zero build function to this, uh, and depending on how they actually lay it out and allow people to compete, there could be almost two separate like audiences tuning into something like this. That's that's kind of my take on that, and I, I do believe that Ninja is correct in saying that a, a true like FNCS ecosystem built around zero build would be. Uh, counterproductive um but that doesn't mean that something like that won't be visited in the future right especially like even if we get back to a world cup stage right uh, adding zero build to one of the 3 to 5 days of a competitive land event is still has its value right it doesn't yeah. it could be an invite only it could be like the pro am right but it, it still needs to be a part of what a, a bigger world cup level event could be now My last little tidbit or note here, Uh, SPG brought this up to me, and and I may or may not have reached out to a few people, but uh, if you go to DreamHack's website, at the very bottom, there is a tab that says Broadcast Info, and it says Info Coming Soon. So I did a little digging, right? And myself and a few other casters may or may not be participating in a broadcast for said event, mm. so there there could be it's not there's nothing official. I'm not saying there is anything official, but you never know. It does look like there is an attempt to to do something that DreamHack has not done in the past when it comes to their lands.
0: That's what we're talking about. There is a lot of resources being thrown in there, guys. One hundred thousand dollars, like we said, it's that zero build. Um, just to give my quick opinion on the Ninja take, I think he's right in a lot of ways. I don't think we want to ever really carve down our player base or segment them any much more than we already have there's a lot of playlists and of course creative is vast in its own um way but at the same time i do love the like creator series that twitch rival is built and having the zero build ecosystem and watching um, you know people that aren't necessarily crazy at the regular competitive game play in and to me that's yeah. exciting. I think there's a world where both of them can continue to coexist, but you have those opinions, like you said, like a spare bow, who just don't quite get those benefits or understand how this can be supportive to the scene. Uh let's take this a little bit further though, SMG. Um you just put out a tweet. Oh, but go ahead, you have an opinion it, on this? Yeah,
2: one? one quick little thing. I kind of agree with Sparebo. Mm. It's because most of the players that are buying, get a grip SBG. Oh hey, yo, tell me whatever you want. But, <laughs> Like the players that are buying a tickets, why aren't the top tier pros going to play in the zero build tournament? And it it may like attract some other players, but the, the casual zero build players aren't touching any of those top tier competitive players. And they're just going to win both tournaments because why would you not play both of them? If you're already there, you have a ticket like that's just my thinking for it. I understand the attraction of the zero builds and you know, Maybe if it was, like, a creator series, something like that, it would be cool. But at, at the same time, you know, Queasy, Taysen, all them, like, they're going to win that Zero Build
0: tournament. I, I would beg to differ on that one, only because the creator series has kind of proven that professional players can pair up, which is against the rules, but teams of triple pros can pair up in the, or have paired up in the Twitch Rival series and got dumpstered on by, like, regular gamers. Like, I'm talking mega regular gamers like content creators because that's just the nature of the game like when you have I'm not even gonna pull names out but just creators dumping on professional players because of the way the game plays out it is very very different so I, I don't really think Ta hen Queen you know they'll just win it has to be so much more than that um, but of course yes they have that disgusting aim their their pros their reaction speed their knowledge of the game it's all there uh, so not to take away from anyone and, and giving them the edge. But that's the thing about zero build that I think really plays into Fortnite narrative more than ever is the whole anyone can win, like literally almost anyone can win if you're just competent enough. Um, and again, the Twitch Rivals Creator Series has really allowed that to play out. Uh, but to jump back onto that original question, you put out a tweet though because Dreamhack obviously land has happened you did your own little bit of digging you took a look at the actual guidelines essentially the terms of services the agreements of how events are to be put on and we had a very significant change happen to that agreement that you uh you highlighted tell us a little bit more so i
2: saw uh war legend kraz put out something and i was like hmm you know maybe let me go look into this because he said the rules have been updated But he didn't necessarily, he hinted at what they may be, but didn't say what they may be. And if you look, section two, qualification criteria for events. Previously, the very first bullet was the event is online only. No physical venue or location for the play of game. Now, if you go to the Fortnite competitive website, you look up those Fortnite event license terms. That is gone. There is no longer that little bullet on the event license terms, which I'm looking at like, okay, things have just opened up. Now we got a chance to, to do a little bit more and it only makes sense. You know, they announced the lands coming through. So you got to level the playing field, I guess for everybody, allow lands to happen. And they still, you know, stuff like this has to get approved and go through the right processes. But Nonetheless, now it's possible for even people to run smaller LAN events without
0: breaking those TOS. Essentially, yeah, we've uh, we're definitely excited about that. That's going to change things up. It's going to allow third-party, uh, you know, organizers to continue to enter into the space. We saw. You know, honestly, with very positive sentiment and result, what happened with the NRG tournament that they put together, that was very much an international gathering. They had European players there. Of course, uh, Brazilian representation and King, who won the tournament. Um, and then, obviously, all the best from NA. And Aussie Antics, if you want to count him, as a little bit of OCE in the mix there, too. I mean, he, he's been all over the states and canada i think just trying to survive at this point as he's having internet issues which is so unfortunate but that's a whole different discussion more personal problems he's having over there but yeah these these lands are coming back online these in-person gatherings and in-person events are surely starting to bubble and happen um this next dream hack is going to be an important one for the scene and i think the general direction of what is to go down do you have those dates again by chance i know that i'm pretty sure it says something along the lines of like june right so like, i got I'm, you it's it's june 18th to june 20th that's really close guys so that's literally a month and about a week away that that's how close this competition is going to be in uh DreamHack sweden so very cool stuff very soon it's the summertime like there's a lot of reason for people to be super amped for this and honestly plan for it because kids are going to be out of school and i'm expecting it to actually be pretty big um and i'm even considering like yo what does it look like just to maybe just pop in be in sweden for like a weekend or something and you know do some stuff with the pros and like check out check out the pit and actually be a part of it i've never been to dream hack so you know even if i was there just doing a little iro live streaming and, and you know kind of kicking it in the in the floor i think it would be just so sick just the idea of that so i'm thinking about it but let's let's talk more about like fortnite news and things that have been going down we've uh We've gotten this very interesting one. Uh, BlazeFN, uh, I guess we can call him notorious, Fortnite profile in the space, got himself in a, a bit of a snag a couple months, maybe about a year back. SMG, I mean, you brought this one to the table and you called it cheater taken to court. So tell us about how this all played out for uh, BlazeFN. Well, so this is kind of against what you see
2: everyone post on Twitter about cheaters and Fortnite. <laughs> Fortnite, a.k.a. Epic Games, took someone selling cheats, selling accounts to court, and it ended in a settlement. We don't know the exact numbers, and Epic Games said whatever the settlement actually is, they're going to donate to charity. So this wasn't like a money grab. This is more a a statement, like, you're not selling cheats in our game, and if you do, we're going to come get you. So that is also a statement to everyone else potentially doing this. Like, you are now on alert. Epic is has been doing this since April 2021 and they're not afraid to do it. They're clearly having plenty of legal battles on their own going against Apple and they're not afraid to take on the big boys. Why would they be afraid to take on, you know, a a little cheat seller? So to me, this is awesome. Like I, I love this. And the funniest part to me is they made like part of the settlement is blaze FN had to put out a public apology. Like, (laughs) <laughs> it was just so funny to me that that's like part of a settlement this guy had to post something on Twitter um I don't know if you guys have it up if not I'll pull it up real quick
0: I, I was I, have I was
2: trying to find it go ahead panda
1: yeah so um I have the article here right and so basically Blaze Blaze FN right is is out here selling uh, accounts selling soft aim, and i'm looking here okay here's the here's the statement i'll read it verbatim hey everyone this is blaze fn until very recently i sold unauthorized fortnite cheats and compromised fortnite player accounts i won't be doing this anymore because epic games caught me and commence legal proceedings against me in Australia. I am also subject to legal restrictions that prevent me from doing this in the future and have to pay a monetary settlement which Epic will be donating to charity. I'd like to apologize to the Fortnite community. What I did was illegal and gave players an unfair advantage over other players who play by the rules. I won't do this ever again. Please do not contact me about Fortnite cheats or Fortnite player accounts.
0: RIP and there it is guys he gets busted he has put out a little tweet here to uh yeah part of the i guess the shaming process here (laughs) just so that we can be very much well known to the people that you know follow him because it's a a pretty tight-knit community right the the folks that handle within that realm the the dark space of you know selling and handling stolen accounts or cheats etc um they all very much know of one another so you know, kind of parading this guy around and and or clowning him around, I guess, is a, is a really good way to show the others like, yeah, you get caught, you're going to have to pay some dollars and it's not going to end very well. And we've seen this before, like early on in Fortnite, I think the first year when cheats were actually like going crazy in the game for like those two weeks or whatever, people got lawsuited there as well. And I don't think it was just like a, hey, stop doing this. It was more uh, punishment behind it for, for what I remember. But either way, uh, Epic has been combating cheating and stuff like this for quite some time. And it's pretty clear that this kind of stuff should not be in our space. It shouldn't be in our scene. Um, and it's it's the number one rule that, that I think is taboo across esports in general. Like there's nothing worse that you can do other than cheat to try to achieve... Uh, victory right and and notoriety and clout and impressions and the the prizing that comes along with it it's it's very much stealing from the economy more importantly um it's it's i want to say it's like the equivalent of like people using steroids and stuff to kind of get an edge in sports but it feels a little bit more than that um because it like when you just look at the degree of which you know like if someone uses steroids in sports i mean you still have to train you start there's so much more that goes It's so much more complicated uh whereas like when you cheat in a video game there you're not training for this you're just cheating like literally you go to the top and it's that simple (laughs) um there there's no you know in between if you will so cheating cheating is the worst thing you can do in competitive esports and gaming as a whole and uh i mean we shouldn't and be platforming this by any means, and people should definitely not be supporting it or memeing it by any means. And this is probably the biggest reason as to why I am mega upset at some organizations in our space, Um, Team Dignitas being the one that hit my radar first. So I called them out on it on Twitter. If you guys listened to the last episode that I just recorded, y'all heard me um, kind of break that one live, and I wrote the tweet live while recording. Uh, But essentially what I said to them is impressions are cool by promoting this BS no filter. is an L for me with a little vomit emoji. I was pretty upset and um, a lot of the community I think was on my side. Of course, you're going to have those people that are like, nah, whatever. Uh, But it seems like whomever is running Dignitas's social account decided to respond to me and kind of meme into the situation. They edited a photo of this cheating device essentially into my image, which is super super troll, super silly and kind of counterintuitive to the message that um, I I don't think our, our scene should be seeing, right? Like no organization, especially former ones, should be um, talking about or memeing the idea of using cheats to like get better or like you need this to be better.
1: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I, I think, um, obviously, I think uh, Gunn can comment on his other experience as well, a little bit more in depth. But I saw your posts and replied. I was, it was y- yikes for me. Like, how could you, especially for me, right? Miro just got out of this cheating controversy weeks ago, and now your organization is tweeting out that tweet that Monster replied to. And then Gunn was telling me about another tweet of like Miro hugging a Zen that they tweeted out. Like, yeah, come that on, was guys. after
2: he qualified, I believe. Like after he qualified to FNCs finals, they took that, you know, Jordan hugging the trophy, and then just photoshopped it to Miro hugging a Zen. I'm like, bro, like what you're now not only are you like making fun of cheating but like you're taking away the quality and outstanding performance that he just had by basically saying he's getting carried
0: by software i don't
2: it yeah and again
0: for for our listeners is we never really explain what this is what a zen is you might be hearing it for the first time but essentially it is a, a piece of hardware it's just a little tool a little what looks like a usb stick essentially and what this thing does is it I guess, enhances your aim assist to a degree of which is noticeable in the game. Um, and as of right now, it seems to be completely undetectable, and people are just using it to cheat in the game, and professional players have uh, you know, shied away from talking about it publicly, even if they are using it for obvious reasons. You don't want that dirty reputation of being someone who's cheated to get to the top. Um, but again, when you have people like Miro or the organization that stands behind Miro talking about this, sharing it, and joking about it, they they it, it tends to make it seem like it's okay to do. And it's really not. And one of the, I think the stupidest comments I've seen, at least directed at me was, oh, you're, you're willing to talk about this org promoting it, but you don't talk up to Epic who hasn't stopped it. And I was like, yeah, because that's so like, way outside of the realm of my brain power. Like if I can't solve, not even, I wouldn't even be able to put forth any kind of solution possible to how to detect this thing. I, I can't imagine what an engineer's job would have to be or a developer or a coder's job to get down to how to find this. Like, it's just not my responsibility. But what is my responsibility is being an ambassador and a community member of the space. And when I see other orgs that have this amount of influence, disgusting amount of influence, especially like a Dignitas who just launched like a week ago and now has over 8,000 followers like those are 8,000 very active people that can be obviously you can leave an impression with and dude impressions go well beyond just the follower count trust me guys so we're talking hundreds of thousands of reach already from such a short period of time that are active you're pushing this stuff to them you're you're hurting the scene more than you're helping it and we want to support orgs like you in the space but that is not the way you do it. And I'm not blaming the org. I'm blaming whoever the heck is doing the media because that's who really thought it was a good idea, uh, idea to tweet for impressions, right? So that's why I said, like, if it was if it was the homie 50, 50, you got to be smarter than that. If, if 50's not running the social account, which he probably shouldn't be, whoever they have behind the scenes doing it, that guy's got to just second guess himself. You got to be smarter than that, in my opinion.
2: Yeah, and to add on to that, it's like, ruining the place that you're trying to work within you know it's like blatantly not even making fun but like posting cheating and making that a cool thing in the place that they're trying to make it within and just invested a ton of money to be in and like they're not the only org that does this other orgs have done it um one that hit home to me was elite esports posted something uh, we have the best roster, NA East, most skilled, most attractive, best Zen scripts. I was like, come on, man. Like that, that one, it's just like what? Oh, so now we're laughing that our players use Zen's and this is now a cool thing because maybe we all see it as a joke, right? We all see that's clearly not serious. there's gonna be people that see it and like oh okay org knows their players ends let me just go buy one let me get signed to an org but but it's
0: also distasteful to epic games as well right like the publisher mm -hmm. right like how do you expect them to support you if they go down your your history of what you're pushing to their space is like dude like this is not cool right
2: yeah no doubt and like orgs have always been pushing like we need some more input from epic games and you see stuff like this why should they buy in you know
1: i couldn't agree more it's it's sad because orgs like become legends for example incredible organization literally the staple of what you should do in esports even their ceo like reno anytime he posts about being upset about something it's pretty constructive right very few times have i seen him post and it's not like really constructive to what it is or what the issue that they're facing, etc. Right. And obviously sometimes he posts stuff that's like, it's impossible to do whatever the case may be. But in comparison, right. Orgs like that, that are doing the right thing shouldn't be punished though because of orgs that are doing things like this. And that's the only thing that's going to happen, right. Is these good orgs are going to suffer and not necessarily get the support from publishers and whatnot because other orgs are memeing cheats and, and stuff in that game. And realistically, it's not only just going to hurt the orgs, it's going to hurt the player base. Like, you're not going to get additional org support, maybe eventual orgs uh, outfits, right? Like, if that ever came down the pipeline, and they're going to look at Dignitas' Twitter or uh, Elite Esports' Twitter, they're going to be like, oh, they joke about Zen? Well, guess what? You're not going to get an outfit, right? Like, it it really, it's sad to see... But, honestly, it's just like what these kids do in the scene as well. They'll do anything for some impressions.
0: Yeah, but the difference is, in my opinion, when you're an organization, you represent the like the players on your brand as much as they represent you. And it it can be, if anything, an even more a distasteful trickle-down effect that comes out of it because, you know, you don't know what Duke stands for, let's just say, right, like his personal... Uh, uh, thoughts, or opinions on this kind of thing. And when your org starts to represent themselves in that way, I mean, now you have that name, D-I-G, right? That that acronym in front of your tag in game. Now, all of a sudden you're associated with that. So it, it, it kind of goes, it's a double-edged sword. And if if the organization, like the formal brand, is doing things that are stupid, I mean, it's going to make the players look stupider because they're assigned to it and they decided to sign up for the fiasco and the circus fest. But um, either way, that is pretty much Dignitas on... This whole like impression farm that we had going on in the space, just it's pretty silly. We we want to see what continues to happen here. I called them out for it. They kind of fired back with some something real dumb, even dumber, and it doesn't really get anywhere. But it does kind of open up this discussion, and you saw a lot of people kind of voicing their opinions, talking about yeah, this is definitely a yikes. This shouldn't be happening like this. Um one more shout out to uh Reno and Become Legends though they will be at DreamHack. I saw just recently they tweeted out c8 on DreamHack is hella stacked. So he's going to be bringing out the whole roster out there. He was at DreamHack Anaheim with his old Become Legends roster. Obviously that was a little over 2 years ago. Uh and he's already letting everybody know the BL boys are showing up to DreamHack so we need to kick some butt. Players that won't be showing up though are of course the beloved European sensation mongrel who has uh, kind of stepped away from fortnite guys and it kind of sucks to to say this because he's one of those people that have you know he jumped onto space so early he was 13 years old when he really touched fortnite and started competing essentially before it was legal for him to actually compete and then fortnite changed the rules and he was one of the youngest professional players to qualify for the world cup before then taking the honestly the space by storm innovating um tactics plays and just everything really leading the space in eu and creating what is now looked back on and still spoken to this day being the most dominant fighting region because his play style was so explosive and it was different to other players so um it sucks to see players like mongrel step away from the space he didn't formally announce it but he kind of did smg you kind of brought this one up about four weeks ago he dropped the video and it was just called goodbye was panda. oh panda
1: so there's been some um some stuff going circling around mongrel uh, leaving he, he put out a highlight video that said goodbye and then he came on and started streaming valorant and i don't think he's p- streamed fortnite in quite some time and it sounds like uh from from clips and and some other things that i've seen on social media he's uh, n- said it numerous times on his streams that it's over that the fortnite storyline of mongrel is done but honestly he's done everything right to continue to thrive in in esports and gaming because he built a brand and and a a content uh like idea that has kept him not only relevant despite him leaving his main game but it's also going to keep him uh active and, and probably happy because the man has been not only stepping away from gaming quite a bit um, but he's been focusing on his own health. He's been working out a lot, which is huge. That's, that's honestly something a lot of people in the gaming space, myself included, could really learn from. And um, the future looks bright for Mongrel. He doesn't, like, Mongrel doesn't need Fortnite. Mongrel is that personality in itself. And so he will continue to thrive no matter what esport, what game, or what he does so i'm excited to see what he does next
0: yeah, and don't forget guys he's still very much signed to phase he still has two million followers on twitter his you know his community shows him a lot of love and a lot of support he hasn't disappeared by any means he really just has taken this different dire- uh, direction and yeah shout out to him posting his fitness picks up there i mean when you post a fit uh a pick flexing and you get thirty thousand hits i mean he's not going anywhere he's got a, a pretty big community behind him they love him they support him so although we won't get the Fortnite highlights from Mongrel right now or maybe in the any near future, um, it is still cool to see that he is going to be a part of the gaming space. Um, I wonder, will he go professional in some of these other areas? I think a lot of successful um, players or a lot of success stories have translated from players that have left Fortnite space. Zexro being a few of them. Um, uh, Poach. T- Poach, Tempo. There's so many that we've seen actually psalm right but psalm's done Mm -hmm. it long before fortnite he's just kind of added fortnite to his resume but you know there's a lot of players that have started in fortnite maybe began their competitive careers here and have already gone to continue to translate professional play in other areas which is super super sick see go down so i think mongrel can easily do that but part of me kind of thinks that someone like mongrel um you know, I don't think he wants that attention anymore. It was kind of clear that the attention early on was one of the reasons. I think he was stressed out as a Fortnite pro player. There is a lot of pressure that comes within and not everyone handles it very well. And that was actually one of the narratives that we talked about with Monger in particular was just like, yeah, you know, he does super great when he's offline and during qualifiers, but come finals, he just, I don't know, do shaky hands, you know what I mean? Can't quite perform. Um, it's It's tougher for some than others. One of the
2: crazy things was, like, in the early days when very few people streamed events, Mongrel was, like, one of the few that was streaming everything, you know? And in the very early days, like, the Kill Races... Like, even the the random cups that we got, World Cup qualifiers, he was one of the best players. I mean, heck, he's got a move named after him in Fortnite, exactly. the Mongrel classic. Like, that's not going anywhere. This guy, whether he has a skin or not named after him, he will forever be cemented in the legacy of Fortnite, which is just so cool. And like you guys said, he'll be fine. I mean, I think I saw him. He had, like, two 3,000 viewers watching him play Valorant the other day, so... You know, you can turn on two, three thousand viewers playing a different game than your quote-unquote main game. You'll you'll be just fine, and I I think he he's understood where he's at. Um, whether or not he decides to play competitively, I think personally, I would love to see him play competitively. He has that drive you you've seen when he plays competitive Fortnite that is awesome, and I love to see from competitors, but. Nonetheless, whether it be Valorant, we've seen Fortnite pros or former Fortnite players go to Apex. There's other games.
0: He he could definitely decide to take his talents wherever he wants. Yeah, and I just want to share a quick story. I found Mongrel for, for the first time on Twitch. He had about 200 viewers. And it was because one of my moderators, I would stream every day. He was in my chat. He's like, no, Monster, I'm telling you, bro. You have to check out this kid. He's young. His name is Mongrel. And I was like, reading it, and I'm like, Mongrel, what the heck's a mongrel, dude? That's like a, it's a cool, weird name for a young kid. It sounds so aggressive, um, and it just sounded mature. And I was like, he's thirteen? Like, nah. Let me see. I pull up his Twitch channel, and no lie, he was doing things at a speed that I, I never <laughs> saw. I was like, what the heck is this? Like, he's dropping bombs in regular pub games, and you know, that was back when doing that was the most impressive thing you could do, solo v squad and whatnot. And uh, yeah, he was slaying lobbies, and I knew at that moment, I was like, yeah, I'm gonna follow him. And um, long and behold, like I said, those thresholds changed, and all of a sudden he breaks into the space and he just blew up faster than anyone I've seen in the space grow. And that was probably the only person I found that early that blew up to that stage. I know like Bala's cool example is like, dude, he knew Booga when Booga was screaming very early on and Booga blew up. But like for me, it was like, dude, I knew Mongro like when he was just bubbling because of how good he was. And then the rules changed and all that. And it so happened he was as good as he was. Right. And he kind of popped off. I didn't really see anyone else that early, I think, in the space um, that, again, reached those kind of heights. So, Margo's cool. Very, very unique story behind him. And yeah, man, he's stepping away from Fortnite, but we'll see. We'll see how it ends up playing out. We still have a lot of new stars continuing to enter into the space. Iamzo, I think, is one of the few that just might break over into that next threshold of like potential world stardom. There's something that I think about his personality, which it, it's like, it's so simple. He just wants to win, and I like that a lot. So I can't help but root for him because of that. Yeah, that ego that he has I think is really cool. So if he can manage to perform and put those numbers up, I think we'll see him jump and make that next leap too. Um, I'm trying to think. Are there there any other kind of players that y'all think have that, like, superstardom maybe hidden and could possibly emerge this year, this season? Um, Because, you know, season to season, year to year, we always have some new folks kind of come out the woodworks.
1: Hmm. Um, I mean that's a good question. We've seen say it with Batman
0: Booga, right? Like
1: Batman Booga for sure. Um, Cold, I think Cold and Cam, both of them, easily can have um a lot of success. Could be clicks level if they handle the next few years correctly and they stay consistent, right? Um, I think that's the biggest thing that's lacking in the space is is something to support these new pro players in, in the way that they create content and do other things um to continue to build their brand but uh, two very good notable names i believe cam specifically has really good intentions never posting like crazy stuff on socials so a a very positive future for some of these players um but if if i had to think of three it would be batman buga cam and cold for sure
2: sick yeah i don't have any others like those cam and um i can't think of his name now but yes the two names you just said (laughs) Cold, cold, cold. cold that's it oh my goodness Oh yeah, those kids and they seem to be doing it right. You know, just staying quiet, grinding, putting out your YouTube videos, you know, the face cam, stream that might be the next one. Uh, one name day is someone that has succeeded, but hasn't necessarily blown up, blown up. Like we've seen from a mongrel or a clicks and he's now starting to put his face out there. He's on NRG, but again, he seems more of like a shy character rather than that outgoing personality. But who knows? People may get attracted to that and may, you know, react differently to yeah. to someone that's more like them, more introverted than
0: you know that that outgoing personality. Nonetheless, I don't know. Yeah, no doubt. When you just kind of go through D's Twitter, you can see that it's very much that as well. He's kind of just by the book, by the business. His tweets are good morning, good night. Not involved in any <laughs> drama. Not dropping anything opinionated. Super low profile. Um, He tweets out when he's going live, which is really cool because at least he streams. So that's kind of what keeps him in the loop. But yeah, very, very much a person who doesn't necessarily play his emotions out publicly or his opinions, which is, again, one of those interesting ones. I feel like in order to break into the space and get to those next levels, you kind of have to be vulnerable. Um, so if he wants to get there. Yes, he's already taken a massive step. He literally doxed himself. He showed his whole face to the world after already having a quarter million followers. You know what I mean? Like he was he was already famous, like <laughs> within the gaming space, but now everyone knows who he is and what he looks like. That's a huge step. Same thing for Scoped. Scope didn't have to do that. Scoped was very yeah. successful and he took that leap in and that jump as well, which is interesting. Let me go to Scope's Twitter because Scope is very similar in that regard as well. Um, let me see yeah you go to his tweets good morning it's very chill he does have some more content going up now which is kind of cool but not too many things that are like opinionated when you just scroll down it's just like hey i'm tweeting or good nights good mornings and like yo what's up like you know what i mean like super chill um so they kind of have that in common that's probably a personality trait which is uh very interesting i found the word for what that personality trait is and uh we'll, we'll bring that up next time we describe them but very cool stuff well Let's uh let's go ahead and start wrapping this up here, boys. Um, we're gonna we're gonna give the floor to the boy Panda first. Panda, let the people at home know where they can find you and uh, what's going on in your life, my boy,
1: you already know. Hit me up on Twitter, LifeWpanda. Streams are back next week from a unfamiliar setting, uh, Twitch.tv forward slash LifeWithPanda. Uh, so you already know. Listen, make sure to check out socials on Thursday and Friday. It's gonna be crazy
0: yes sir yes sir and smg my boy what about yourself i am somebody's
2: gun on all platforms just put out a video showing you guys how to tactical sprint and build at the same time sick so if you're trying to get some next level strats go to my youtube
0: nice nice yo. check out his youtube channel guys he's been grinding putting out good content we love to see it um as for me guys as always send your complaints to me at the com. i will be seeing you guys throughout the week keep up with me on socials we'll be dropping this podcast and of course our practice makes perfect podcast back to back boys so enjoy all the content and then there might be a break in the episode maybe just kind of depends we got a lot going on you'll find out why follow all three of us on social handles we may or may not be i don't know doing something find out soon pay attention to what we got going on we'll see you guys on the next episode and until next time don't forget to dance out those kills and boast those victory royales peace y'all